Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode 511 for Wednesday, the, uh, what the heck 5th is it? 5th of July. 5th. July 5th. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> we haven't got to that yet. This is the beginning of the show. Yeah. We don't know it's your birthday. <laughs> this is this is a blooper. The 5th of... Yes, thank you. <laughs> Wednesday. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 511 for Wednesday, the 5th of July, 2017. Nice to see you. We've got quite the show planned for you tonight. And speaking of tonight, we got some very fun things to show from my little trip down to Toronto for the Virtual Reality Toronto Conference. That is going to be a really reality. fun show, you guys. It's going to be so awesome. It's like reality, but not... It's there, but it it's not so there. real. <laughs> These glasses are so real. You're so real. This is so real. This is real. Oh, this is actually That's why it's we're so on real. The air. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I'm really excited to share that with everyone. Nice. If you're into VR, stick around. Sasha. Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Delays in flight diversions at Gatwick Airport due to someone flying their drone where it's not allowed. Facebook's internet beaming drone has had a successful flight and flawless landing. And a U.S. judge decided that protection against Facebook's tracking is up to the user and has thrown out a court case that claims otherwise. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in live every week on Roku, Kodi, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 511, and I am your host, Robbie Ferguson. Nice to see you. I am Sasha Dermatis. I'm still Henry Bailey Brown. I Hasn't hope. changed. Hasn't changed. How was your week last week? You were away. My arms are still tired because, you know, the air show is really... You're flying? It's totally... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you know, we got, like, the World War One aircraft in with the F-18 demo aircraft. Yeah. Got the snowbirds. It's pretty cool. <laughs> the snowbirds. Got the, the snowbirds. <laughs> no, it was, it was really fun. It's it's weird because I feel like it's their first time in Barrie, like, out of my lifetime. I've never had an air show in Barrie. They'll hit, like, um, um, the... Uh, the army base in Angus Borden. Yeah, um, yeah, like that's where they always do. Like yeah. they always do Borden, mm-hmm. but like never bury, which is perfect because right here like in Barry, on our waterfront. Sasha and I walked out front <laughs> and we could see them flying by. It's like what's that yeah. noise? They no. were tiny. They were tiny. We <laughs> could see them. Well, it's yeah, funny because it like though. if you look on Google Maps, Barry is like a natural stadium because yeah. it's a bay that curves. It's called Canfield Bay, but it's it's a perfect stadium. And even the mayor was yeah. like, "Yeah, we have like a natural stadium here." So that's kind of be true good. because when the fireworks happen, they put it out on the yeah. <laughs> and people sit all around the waterfront and watch. Down by the bay. <laughs> cool stuff. So yeah, how was fun. the air show? Were you having fun? Totally worth it. Did you get any pictures or video? Or were no. you just there to enjoy? I was there. Soak it in. Believe it or not, I'm going to say that I was there to witness it, but in true fact, I forgot my battery from my DSLR. <laughs> oh, no! So 
Oh, he, he was so like, you were a carrying once, your yeah. I had, I had like my whole bag and everything. Oh, I had like my 200 mil lens and everything. I'm like, this is gonna be so much fun. Oh, oh planes come that out. That is so me. That is. But oh, uh, I got to so enjoy me. it for once. <laughs> Seriously, like you guys don't even know. Like I packed up a gig bag uh, for for uh, Shelly. Shelly was going up in a hot air balloon, mm-hmm. and she wanted to take. The, the stuff and you know, oh, do all no. that and set it all up for her, charged all the batteries, got yeah. everything set up and presented it to her. And I said, okay, well, here's how you turn it on. Turn it on. Disc not found. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all no. been there. Same with drone shoots. It's like you drive down to like London or somewhere. No SD card. I did that when Have we did the Lego, Lego World shoot. I, <laughs> yeah. I forgot just an SD card. go to Walmart. Card. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, but I hate to do it because, you know, yeah. I love Kingston as uh, Kingston. Oh. Yeah, SD but cards, they can truth be, be told, SD cards are too small to put a Chipolo on, or else you That's could just true. do that. <laughs> just yeah, like a giant Chipolo on it. <laughs> that would be, be awesome. Fantastic. Hey, uh, this weekend past was the finale of season 10, Doctor Who. No spoilers. No spoilers. But I want some closure. we got to wait for the Christmas episode. They went and did that to us, so... Oh, so well, so you know, it's almost. I always do that. I'm wearing this shirt until December 24th. I feel like we're almost we there. Really it's almost Christmas. They called the there. episode. The episode was the fall of the Doctor. So it's like, oh, oh my goodness, they he's already, going to die. Did they already use that name? I feel like they've used every like. Oh, I'm sure they've probably name, been starting to like, rotate. The fall did of the they? Doctor, <laughs> the rise of the Doctor, the life of the Doctor. Who's the, the new bad guy? The Cyberman. Yeah, 2.0. That's how it happens. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, actually, kind of like 0.3 beta 2. <laughs> they discover the Raspberry <laughs> Pi. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, our forum is back, if you can believe it. Go to forum.category5.tv. Great place to interact with us, with uh, other viewers and uh, people who are involved in our community in various ways. Uh, NEMS is there, Category 5 Technology TV, and a variety of other programs that we carry. And uh, that's kind of cool. So we've got a place where you can throw in your questions. Give us uh, your show ideas, your testimonials, and what you think. That's perfect. Make sure we all get an account, right? And get over to forum.category5.tv. You're going to show me how, right? Sure. Go to (laughs) forum.category5.tv. Click on register. Oh, just like that, eh? Just like that. I know. It can be complicated, man. If you turn on email notifications, it's handy because then if someone replies to your uh, post, then you get a response by email to know that you've got to log into the forum and then you can reply. So if somebody, like, mentions Sasha or yourself or myself or or Phil a Darlek in a comment or something, then he'll get get sent to your... Get the emails. Totally. I like it. Um, Speaking of flying, Henry... The Eric's Black Talon finally got it up in the air. It's, I don't know, like a mini drone, I guess you'd call it, because it's not a micro. It's not a nano. It's quite a bit Small larger drone. than that. Do you know how heavy it is? Like, is it like it doesn't have to be 500 licensed. grams or something? It's oh, not, no, no, it's nothing it's like, like that. I don't grams. have a scale here on the set with us today. <laughs> did, did, did it's we light. weigh it that? It's very, very light. It's like, yeah. um, can I play around with it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I did. This was the first time, because it has a built-in 720p camera with FPV. So, oh, so you can definitely see what's going on. You can, but I've never... I've flown with the, mm-hmm. uh, the screen on the, uh, on the hand controller, as we did on the drone zone, yeah. um, but I've never flown with the virtual reality goggles. First time. Do you feel how sick? Was or how was it? How was it? It was really cool. 
Really? It was neat. Yeah. Do you Did you see feel like you were flying? Oh. Yeah, I'd love yes. to see a clip. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to see this guy. Check this out. I was there with my. I was in the field with my with my nine year old son Zach, oh. and he was doing some film work for me. But then he wanted to try them on as well. So <laughs> here's our our reactions to the Eric's Black Talon. Okay, I'm in the air. Whoa. Oh man, how far am I, Zach? Um. This is really weird. Not very far. Oh man, I'm looking at myself. <laughs> oh, that is cool. I want to. I want you to fly soon with me, with the virtual. Whoa, where's it going? I think the wind just caught it, but this is weird because I'm seeing it from the drone's view, not from my own eyes. Well, you're seeing it from oh. your own eyes. Can you see the drone through the camera? Not okay. really. Okay. So first time in the air. Whoa. I'm just pointing at I'm pointing at the drone. Okay. But you and cannot gonna, see it. I can't see it. Okay, well I'm gonna come back toward us. And oh then I'm gonna put and on I'm, the VR. I'm I'm kinda whoa, how close am I? Um Whoa, this is trippy. I find I'm moving my my uh, head with the drone. But you're not. No, I am. Oh. I'm, I'm looking up and down with my eyes. I'm afraid to get any kind of acceleration or speed because there's a little, it's not like a latency, there's a little bit of a choppiness, but the clarity is really good. And obviously I, I am flying this with just my cell phone and these goggles. That's cool, Zach. I'd like to try. I don't think you should go any much further. Am I pretty far? Yes. See, I see what the drone sees, so to me it just feels like I'm just... I'm there. You're flying. Yeah. You're a superman. I know I'm not moving very, very fast because I'm a little nervous to... I'm moving really slow, aren't I? No. That's pretty fast. I got a little nervous there because <laughs> I did kind of take off. Wow. That was really, really cool. Okay, you want to try holding yes. the... Uh, you want to put the headset on? Yes. Okay, Zach is gonna, my, my camera guy today is gonna try on the headset. So put those on. Um, and can you see just a bunch of grass right now? Yeah. Oh God. Now I feel like I can fly because I feel like I can see the drone. Okay, so I was moving pretty slowly. How does that feel, Zach? You're looking all around. You've got your, you're looking at the sky with your head. Mm. Isn't that trippy? Yes. Okay, I'm going to try one of the faster modes. <laughs> Lagging. Getting a bit of lag? Yeah. Um, I hear it. It's nice that the FPV works so well. Frames per second? Nope, that is first-person view. So oh. the, the virtual reality headset that you're wearing? No, FPV. Ah. So FPV. Now let's try the uh, altitude hold, which is <laughs> really impressive for a drone that doesn't have a GPS. That's amazing. Wait, what? Uh, altitude hold means it, it stays in the same position. So look at that. Now the wind is taking it away, but the altitude is staying the same. I'm not touching the... Uh, 
I feel I'm, like I'm I can just scratch my open. nose, but then I hit screen. So altitude hold works surprisingly well for one without a GPS. Did you fly it right over my head? Yep. What do you think, Zach? Good. Pretty cool, eh? This is a good little play around flyer. There she is, the Black Talon from Eric's Drones. Nice little flyer. It was a lot of fun to fly, actually. Cool. Just want to reach out and touch it through the oh, VR. <laughs> such a neat experience. Oh, and I, wow. I'm really going to enjoy that. Have you ever flown with goggles? No, because like again, I do like the commercial stuff where we aren't really allowed to. Okay. Um, but I have a few friends that love drone racing. Oh yeah. And like, that racing, <laughs> like if, if yeah. all three of us got one of these things, <laughs> going out like go 200 miles an hour. I would want to go somewhere where you could like go like check out caves or check something out where you couldn't actually go personally, yeah. Yeah. right? Like. Get all up in the weird crevices in a cave without I, crashing your drone. Sure. Not good <laughs> I'd love to get good enough at it that you could set up obstacle courses and things you see. It would be like Red Bull Air Race, could, like the little yeah. pylons and stuff. Let's do that. Let's do that. Category 5 Air Race. Nice. Speaking of goggles and virtual reality, though, mm -hmm. you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been up to? I was up to something in the virtual world, but then I found out I was in the real world because it was really confusing because I went to VRTO, which translates to Virtual Reality Toronto. That's pretty fun. <laughs> no, it was a conference that happened down, I think, around a week ago down in Toronto, Ontario, and it was pretty much everything VR. Nice. So it was really awesome. They had some few um, augmented reality stuff in there too, but the main focus was VR. Okay. And it was awesome because, sure, you have the gaming and like simulations and stuff, but we also saw like a lot of neat applications and art aspects of like VR, especially when it comes to like human social interaction. Like we saw a lot of communication stuff happen too. Cool. Oh, awesome. So uh, now uh, what are what are we going to see here? Like uh, have you experienced VR before or was uh, this kind of a uh, first in like little foray? in little timbits I have, but like never <laughs> never yeah, it's so Canadian. Um but never like this in depth of and eh, in depth before. Like okay. I've I've tried like and it's um, progressing at such a rapid exactly. pace. Exactly. And like the thing is that I, I, tr I originally tried, like, around three or four years ago, the original um, Oculus Rift, okay. which was acquired by Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, but everyone at this conference had the new um, HTC Vive, which means ah. that you have the space to walk around in. Right. As well as, like, you could see, like, so your you're controllers. physically interacting you have, like, and a, touching things Exactly. In the VR space. You have an entire space to walk nice. around. And of course, like the infrared sensors and everything else is all around, like your little play area. Um, but you're going to see some of these are so unique that they actually have physical, real-world objects, like a bike, for example, that interact really? in your game. So it's a really interesting experience. And there's a horror video game as well, slash Dead Space-ish like game. Very ah, so, Black Mirror. So disclaimer, uh, time to it's so spoopy. put the kids out of the room, I guess. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> No, no. Keep them in. It's so cool. No, I'm just kidding. But no. If they're 13 and over. All right. I can't wait to see this. 
You know what? I'm really excited to show it because, again, before we start, it's not just the gaming and everything else aspect. No. We see some really amazing ideas for VR that I never thought possible. Like, we see how charities can use VR. Mm -hmm. um, we see how we can make it accessible, how artists like can make a music video out of VR. It's, it's, it's insane. It's just cool. I'm really excited to show you guys and you guys what happened. So, want to take a look? Let's head on over. All right. See you there. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Henry from Category 5 TV. We are at Ryerson University down in Toronto, Ontario today to take a look at VRTO, the conference for everything VR. Let's go take a look at what they have in store. Um, here we are guys, we are in probably the best room in the entire VR conference. We're in the game arcade, right? And um, what, what do you guys have for us today here? Well, part of the game arcade is this uh, game called Paper Dude, which is a old school revival of a, I guess, a 90s game called Paperboy. So we rebuilt it using, uh, using virtual reality and we have people sitting on a bike and they're fully immersed as they pedal, they're moving forward and they're using their arms to throw newspapers inside mailboxes. So basically it's, it's our homage to this old classic. That's, that's amazing. He's not wearing a helmet right now, so is it considered safe? It's, it's pretty safe, although it is pretty immersive. Okay, that's amazing. So what, what uh, company do you guys come from? So like, uh, what do you guys do at your uh, studio? Like, who are you guys? Sure, so we're a company called Globalcore and we do a lot of interactive installations. And usually they're featured inside exhibits, at conferences, uh, or at trade shows and museums, yeah. That's awesome, eh? So like, what, what do you guys see in VR moving forward? Like, do you see a lot in gaming? Do you see like more interactive storytelling? What, what do you personally see in VR in the future? Um, I see a lot more social, like a lot more people in VR, like inside of the experience together. Um, so yeah, a lot more like, a lot more like multiplayer kind of scenarios. That's that's awesome. So like a more social aspect into it, right? Um, so uh, to kind of cap off today before he gets too tired here, um, what's what's your favorite experience so far in VR that you've personally had, like in the entire VR realm? Um, I've been really into interactive documentaries, so there's a few that are out for the Samsung Gear that are pretty good, and uh, yeah. it's awesome. I'm just going to ask you one more question. Um, so today we kind of have like a setup with him riding on the bike, so how is this working? I see you have an HTC Vive here, you have some sensors behind me, so how is this kind of setup working right now for you guys? Uh, so right now we're using the uh, HTC Vive, I'm just going to reset it. And we're using the hand trackers. Um, so these are trackers that um, are eventually going to come with the Vive that allows you to kind of put them on, you know, different objects like, um, for instance, these gloves. So instead of holding the Vive controllers, we're allowing you to still be able to hold on to the handlebar. And it just kind of becomes a little bit, you know, a little bit more fun, a little bit more immersive. Okay, that's awesome. Does does he get bonus points for hitting me in the head? No. Okay, no? 
Okay, thanks. Okay, thank you so much, guys. That is some really, really cool tech, and it's really amazing to see such a such a well implementation with it. It looks really cool. So I, I can become fully immersed now. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so weird. Okay. So how do I like do I just grab things or? Yeah. So you just you just hold the Okay. So it's, there's like a center like a dot right there. And I can go like that. that and I have like my little safety zone here. But yeah, you see the barrier. Awesome. That's that's so cool. And I just start biking to get going. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Once you start biking, you don't even need handlebars. Oh, that is weird. So all these like different mailboxes I have to like mail. Yep. Oh man. I don't want to take the Oh my gosh. This is crazy. Oh my gosh. Canada Post just taken. Um, the good news is that. They should do this instead of like using drones for Amazon. Sorry guys. Ah. Oh my gosh. Just take your papers. Papers, please. Oh no. This is like the hardest job I've ever had. This is crazy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I have a new respect for all my friends who did this as uh, kids. Oh, finish line. Ah. Oh my gosh. Man, that is cool. And here we are. Yeah. So we have another treat for you guys. Um, so tell tell me about this game. It's called Dead Effect VR. So what's this game about? Okay, it's a first-person shooter game. Uh, it's been released very recently on Steam in Early Access. You get like 10 levels already to play, and uh, it's a very good game. As you see, as you can see, you got a lot of enemies. You got also very heavy weaponry. You have like 30 weapons, and each level you got to upgrade them, so it's very good. Also, and uh, in two weeks, we are planning actually to release the full version on Steam, and uh, it will have the multiplayer, and also mm, it's a, like a person versus, versus person. It's a VP. Oh, yeah, okay. you know PvP. what I'm. Yeah, yeah. PvP. So it's good, and also the 20 levels. So you got 10 levels more and 10 hours more. So it's good. It's great, actually. That's that's amazing. So as soon as you said space, I'm all in. Like I love space. So this is an awesome game. And you said you had multiplayer, so you can interact with other players. So. You said there's like a person versus person mode, right? Yes, definitely. And I should probably tell you something about the story, but it's great. You know, now a lot of these games got that kind of story. So it's uh, like you are on a monster infested ship, which is heading to star. And actually, the things got pretty bad there. Yeah, yeah pretty wrong. So you just woke up from from a cryoptonic sleep and you found out that all your colleagues turned into zombies. That's, that is not good. That is, that is not good. <laughs> yes, and you have to fight against these zombies and also against the soldiers who actually are coming from the earth to kill you because they think that you are the enemy. Uh, okay, so, you guys... 
Yeah, it's a bit of a sticky situation then, eh? Like it's uh... definitely, and you got the drones there also, the bad dogs, and yeah, a lot of enemies. But what's a good thing? You got really a lot of weapons. Yeah, you got like four shooting, you know, I don't even know that stuff, yeah? And also the grenades, also like a bow with arrows, wow. swords, different type of swords. Everything. And upgrading, still upgrading, right? Yeah. Could you do that? Space, explosions, yeah. multiplayer. How, how can you say no to a game like this? That's just absolutely fantastic. What's your studio name again? Betfly Interactive. Awesome. And this studio is actually very small. It's a small indie studio based in Czech Republic. Really? Yep. Wow, that's awesome. So you guys are on Steam right now. People watching can go buy this right now for early access. Yes, and you can blow stuff up in space. That is absolutely fantastic. Do you, do you have any um, final words? Do you have any hints or words of advice for people trying to survive zombies in space? Uh... Yes. <laughs> let's get on let's get on the board, right? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much for your help. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that that is some really cool stuff. Now I just have to go blow up some zombies, so I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, cool. What did you think? Sorry guys, I did not mean to do that. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Hey dude. Whoa, hey dude, dude, dude. That guy just had too much jelly. Now we're going to tone things down a bit, and we're going to talk about some more serious stuff, and we're going to give love to the world now. So, I'm my new friend here. What exactly is Give Love? What, what is it? Yeah, so Give Love is a um, world-first VR donation platform, um, and what that means is that organizations, causes, charities are able to upload their content okay. uh, in the form of 360 videos and tell their stories. And then end users, like yourself and, and me, are able to go to the Oculus App Store, download the app, review that content, and at any time, uh, donate seamlessly through the headset. Wow, that's, that's absolutely amazing. So, um, I think you said Oculus, like what, what platforms will this uh, be available upon? So our launch platform is um, the Oculus App Store, it's Gear VR headset. Um, so right now we're considering it to be kind of a single user in-home experience, um, but we do have plans on the roadmap to support uh, group experiences going forward. That's amazing. Um, is it free to download or is it like a one-time cost? Or? Absolutely free. That is absolutely amazing. Now, how the heck does somebody like this come up with this? Like, whose idea was it to, let's change the world by using virtual reality? Like, how, how, how do you guys come up with that idea? Like, it must be crazy. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So we worked um, with an organization called 3,000 Miles to a Cure. And what they do is um, they fund brain cancer research. So years back, we had developed a Google Glass prototype for them. Um, that allowed them to uh, keep in touch with their donors uh, while, while they had a, an event called Race Across America where their bikers could bike across the country. And um, then they would seamlessly be able to, to receive donations. And uh, this was kind of the evolution of that. So we wanted to know how do we 
make it easier for people to keep in touch. And one of the insights that we got from them was that there was um, a time lapse that occurs between the point of impact when someone feels compelled to donate and the point at which they're actually able to. Uh, and this helped us close that gap. That's amazing because today I've been hearing a lot about like kind of like the social impact of VR, um, like things like multiplayer, getting more social. But to know that you can physically change the world now for the better by putting on a headset, that's, that's pretty darn cool. Um, that's that's just amazing so like how how would an organization get involved like this so like if there's like an organization that's trying to like look after water or people would they come to you guys like or do you go to them or how would that work for these organizations yeah so a little bit of both right now um we're doing some organic outreach uh some pr this is actually the first place that we're demoing right here at vrto uh so for now it, it's both if organizations are interested they can reach out to us at theprimacy.com uh slash give love and uh, yeah, we'd be be happy to talk. That's 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 amazing. Are you guys gonna give a lot of love out there? We're trying to. That's do do or do not. There's no try, Yoda. Okay, thank you so much for your help, guys. That's that's pretty cool. So we're downstairs now, and now we're seeing a lot of really creative uses with VR. So you guys made a VR music video. Tell me about that. What what is it like? So it's like a music experience, I guess, and you play through the story by interacting with different objects, basically, and you just touch them, punch them, do what you need to do with them, and something, sometimes nothing happens, sometimes uh, something happens, like it, and that reveals some like part of the story of the artist, like growing up, childhood, or coming to like coming to. Adulthood, I guess, whatever. Yeah, where he is now, I guess you would say. That's that's crazy. So like, it's a fully interactive music video. I've never heard of this before. Like, how how did you guys think of doing this? Like, I mean, we kind of came to it because of our class that we wanted to show you some new technology for our music inspiration class. And you know, he gives access to all the VR pieces that we need, or uh, if we need sensors, videos, or anything that we can think of. And so we just thought we'd try to branch out a little bit. And uh, virtual reality is always an up and coming thing. That's what we thought we'd get into. So we thought we'd make it as interactive as possible. Because why not? VR, right? Exactly. Um, so, like, how, how can somebody, like, view awesome. your experience? Like, is it online? Is it on YouTube? How, how can somebody, like, watch your video? Yes, like, is it up right now? Or it's, it's on our Google Drive. It's our own thing. Okay. But, um, I mean, anyone who has an Oculus, really, okay. can go and do it. That's awesome. So, are, are you guys planning on sharing, sharing it in the future? Like, maybe, like, some kind of, like... Yeah. Eventually, kind of like a VR website or yeah, such a thing we could share. Or I mean, yeah, I mean, we definitely yeah. uh, we definitely want to share. Uh, we just need to yeah. like, do it on yeah. I saw this one yeah. 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 on Discord. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's not just yeah. a free thing that we definitely yeah. need to give out. Maybe yeah. yeah. a YouTube video for 64. This just check it out. Maybe they're playing it, but we'll be able to release it soon. Big ball, big you can, like what you can do is you can pick it up. You can see if they're real or not by by picking it up. If they're real, if they're real, then then so you can this. So this is real, and this is not real. Okay. So there. Now it's your your shot. Okay. And it's real simple. You can sink anything if your word happens. Yeah. Get in there. Nice shot. So what was that? What did you? Why don't we just suck? Oh, there's a purple, that one. So this one yeah, the purple four, yeah. Oh, right, so then you just... Okay, 
Wait, wait, you gotta. It's. Oh, no, like, yeah, no, he's gotta move that. Okay. You haven't practiced at work. Somebody plays a lot of pool. We have this exact table at work. Seriously? Wow. <laughs> Oh. oh! Okay, so now you gotta point out, this is, this is the... That's the real ball. Okay, okay, now you're Doesn't dead. look like okay. it's the same position, <laughs> does it? No. Close. Close enough. Oh, he's gonna shoot. There you go. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kinda <laughs> cool. Like, I think you can, like, play your buddy, like... Yeah, like, across like, the world. Table. Yeah, going back to that, like, astronauts... I'm supposed to sink this ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, folks. So many amazing things in VR here today down in Toronto. Thank you so much for watching. Now, got to run back to the studio. See you there. Running back to the studio, I switched my shirt, so <laughs> I'm, I'm all a okay. That looked like it was so much fun. It was pretty darn fun. <laughs> Again, like I, I wasn't really sure what to expect with that, right? Because it's just like, yeah, like. We've seen like a lot of cool games and a lot of sure, yeah. But like again, like artists are really picking up on things, and same with like the social aspect too. Like again, a lot of it was really like social driven, like interaction between people, and of course like the charity stuff with like give love. That's cool, um, and of course some video games who can go wrong oh, for sure. Now the last interview, um, there were some mic problems during the record, but <laughs> so what yeah. they were talking about, they made a music video. Yeah. In virtual so reality space. how it works is that they were working with another artist down south there, okay. and um, yeah, so basically it was an inter interactive music video. So um, you basically followed um, along the journeys. So I saw CeeLo Green happened. did this. Yeah. Well. Do you no, I, I don't remember that, but like from the screens that they were showing us, like in like a little private area, because okay. of course the artist owns the music, um, it was really unique, right? Because it's like, um, as they're saying, like you follow through the story and you actually interact with objects, That's which cool. keep things pressing huh. forward. Oh man! Um, and it's so unique because again, there's so many uses, especially in the realm of like just artistic. Yeah uses for the VR that it's exciting and unique experiences because I would expect totally. what Sasha may encounter in that music video would be different than what I encounter. <laughs> exactly and that's the cool thing too is that you really do make your own journey and when you see things like uh, like all these games and like the paper throwing because that was cool because we mentioned that this earlier it's exercise it is for fitness yeah. studios right like imagine if you're playing that game for like an hour like it doesn't feel like remember fitness. on dark mirror or Black, Black Mirror. Black yeah. Mirror, yeah. Black Mirror. The, the one, There's the bike, On right? the bikes? Yeah. yeah. Reminds See? me. It's so, it, with the big screens in front, imagine in VR as a fitness application. That's... Being able to... Because you, you I feel like I think you're in the next the five or ten years, it's really going to take off on oh, that sure. realm. Yeah. Like, even, even under, like, five. I think we're going to see that starts to pop up a lot more often. And I hope so, because they're great ideas. Mm -hmm. And as you saw here today, there's so many amazing uses out there for it already. Yeah. And it's still, like... It's still new technology. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, they're supposed to be coming out with a new uh, headsets hopefully soon. Like, they're still working on the controllers, as you saw with the bike one. They have, like, the new motion controllers. But hopefully with the new upcoming headsets that are higher quality, maybe better motion tracking, mm -hmm. it's going to be pretty cool. Nice. Pretty fun stuff out there. What do you think would be the ultimate use for virtual reality? Uh, post your comments below, and also you can go over to our forum, forum.category5.tv. Thank you so much, Henry. Appreciate you doing that. Hey, Thank Henry. Thank you so much. Hey, Sasha. 
Happy birthday. Hi, Sasha. Thanks. I don't need VR to know that. No, just kidding. <laughs> I actually have something up on my screen. I was like, hmm, what is the copyright status? Happy birthday to you. We can do it now. Oh, I know, because it's, oh, yeah, it's not the it's Happy fun. birthday, dear Henry. I am And he's 23. here on his birthday. Way to go, <laughs> man. Thanks, guys. And we can get away with it now, singing you a happy birthday. I know, birthday. because copyright's open now, so... Nice. Happy birthday. Yay, public <laughs> domain! <laughs> and made your huge VR debut. Yeah, nice. Thank you. <laughs> 23. Okay. <sorry>. 23. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just, young. Just a Ridiculous. All right, Sasha, are you ready to take us away into the news? Oh, yeah, I can be. <laughs> what? Somebody's surprise. Oh, yeah, it's half past. <laughs> look at the time. Look at the time. Look at the time fly. <laughs> All busy relaxing, mm-hmm, watching, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube work. Uh, Henry, you thought Henry got everything covered for you tonight, didn't you? <laughs> no, not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your turn. It's your turn. All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Delay in flight diversions at Gatwick Airport due to someone flying their drone where it's not allowed. Facebook's internet beaming drone has successfully successful flight and flawless landing. And a U.S. judge decided that protection against Facebook's tracking is up to the user and has thrown a court case that claims otherwise. Thrown out a ca- court case that claims otherwise. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of July 5th, 2017. A drone flying close to Gatwick Airport led to the closure of the runway and forced five flights to be diverted. An airport spokesman said that the runway had been closed for two periods on Sunday of nine and five minutes after the drone was sighted. EasyJet said that four of its flights were diverted, while British Airways said one aircraft was diverted to Burnmouth. Burn mouth. Other flights were put into holding patterns as a precaution. Sus- Sussex Police is investigating. So, if drone safety sh- prohibits 
any sort of drones near airports, and right? Like, and also, I'm so sorry. You. I'm so I've bad at this, this pronouncing names of places. So tell us a little bit about regulations around airports. Say what? No, just kidding. Yeah. Um, so anyways, <laughs> here in Canada, it's different around the world right now, but we're seeing more and more of these kind of close calls happen. Yeah. And it's scary, right? Because you only know that drones are going to get more and more popular, like... Um, back and they in, get bigger and, and more robust, right? Like not even not, that. Like, even when they get smaller, too, which they are, like, JGI has their new Spark and all those new drones yeah, yeah. coming out. So if everyone has, like, a selfie drone now, and it's like, oh, what if it hits a Spark or something? Or, like, what, ha- what if something happens and it flies away? It doesn't really matter if it's, like, small or big. If it goes in a jet engine, it's going to do damage, right? What, can, can they do, like, some sort of weird, like, scrambling, fry your drone if you get too close thing at airports? They, because they if can, you're not smart and flying your drone near an airport, then your drone should be fried. Yes, but no, because if you're Shut sending down. out special radio signals, then those might interfere with actual aircraft. Like, oh, 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 oops, I shot down the 747 oh, by accident. This is uh, not working Good for a suggestion, now. but may not be perfect. So now, this works on balance, right? And I think public education is going to be a huge factor in this because, again, like it comes down to common sense, but unfortunately, common sense isn't so common, apparently. Um, and I've been reading a few articles that there have been several large fines in the UK recently when it comes to drone use because, just like here in Canada, I guess Commonwealth kind of same thing, um, how like if you fly over like open areas it's okay because you're out in the middle of nowhere. But if you fly over cities and stuff, then that's where it gets really serious, right? Because if it falls on people, if it's near an airport, things like that. Here in Canada, the rules are nine kilometers away from airports. And that's any aerodrome. So if Farmer Joe has his like little grass field or whatever, mm-hmm. that still counts. So you have to be nine kilometers away from that, wow. which cuts off like 90% of Ontario, like our province, from flying drones. So it's all about balance, right? Because mm-hmm. we can't keep that... Lo- Sorry, this is going to be really opinionated. We can't keep that now because it stifles growth of the industry, right? For both sure. for hobbyists and commercial. Commercial, it's a little bit easier because... I did my time. I can fly anywhere. Pretty and much with a now. commercial drone, you've got a GPS, so they can just put fences up. Yeah, I, it's, it's I was flying. I was flying my big drone mm-hmm. um, at my sister's place, which was kind of close to an airport, mm-hmm. and I was trying to get up, and there was a ceiling there. Yeah, I couldn't, there are some I couldn't places, fly yeah. any. Oh, higher. so they do have a thing. Yeah. Well, actually, but a little drone not. like this doesn't have GPS, so they can't oh. stop it. Well, here's the thing: if you really wanted to do damage, knock on wood, don't try this at home. If you really wanted to do damage, it's not that hard to do. Right? Anyone can buy a drone or make one now sure, yeah. and do whatever with it. Hmm. So it's like we want to have laws in place that make things safer, but don't punish those that want to do good with it. Right? That's it. This and it's a great area makes, right now. Yeah. And this makes me think, okay, well, this is going to end up causing regulations to hurt people like me and you. Yeah. And we're not going to fly near an airport. Well, just, just to cap off on that last point, and we should be good, but like, there's companies in Russia now that are selling DJI products that our geofence unlocked now. So, like, we oh. have hackers that are saying... Oh, come on. I know, and it's, it's really unfortunate, it's right? It's there because, for safety, obviously. Yeah, and the thing is, if you're a commercial guy like me, you can un- you can unlock them. Sure. Um, so it's just saying, yes, I have my special flight operator certificate. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know the rules, and that's it. So for okay. us commercial guys, it's not that hard. For non-commercial keep it in because it's in there for a reason yeah yeah <laughs> so maybe. uh and not to not to take any more time but just how naive am i to think that an airplane an aircraft could have some kind of a barrier on the engines that would protect against something like this going or into birds. the engine well i can or can. birds yeah, yeah. <laughs> has you, like a little like nature's kind of, drone 
Well, no, because like as soon as soon as you start putting things in front of the engine, you're getting less airflow, which makes it more costly, okay. which makes it less. It, it just fuel. wouldn't work that way, yeah. unfortunately. Um, because literally, like every little bit of degree counts. Like every single molecule in that engine counts. Mm-hmm. Like we need it to be as efficient, and that's what Boeing and Airbus and all those big guys are saying. We need these planes to be efficient. If they can get right. an extra like um, two pounds or like two grams onto yeah. the aircraft, they will do it. Like mm-hmm. payload wise, that's tough. So it's again, it's a gray area because you want to balance safety with like you're right because it's your own thing. Again, we could talk about this all day, guys. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. out of this, I think we're going to see more of this, unfortunately. But hopefully, we some, see some more creative solutions. Not mine, which takes planes out of the air as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Potentially. Right. Facebook has completed its second test flight for its solar-powered internet-beaming drone called Aquila. The flight was conducted on May 22nd in Yuma, Arizona and lasted for one hour and 46 minutes, though Facebook just released the information last week. Facebook said that the drone landed perfectly on a prepared landing site. An earlier version of Aquila was substantially damaged in a track or in a substantially damaged in a crash during its first test flight over Arizona last year, according to an investigation by the National Transportation Safety Board. To avoid another crash, Facebook tweaked the design of Aquila by adding wing spoilers, a smoother exterior, and a horizontal propeller stopping mechanism. The second version of the drone also includes hundreds of sensors to record details about flight performance. Facebook plans to use Aquila to beam internet access to unconnected parts of the world. The drone is larger than a Boeing 737 and designed to stay aloft for months at a time at altitudes of roughly 60,000 feet. It's completely solar powered and requires the same amount of energy to run as three blow dryers. Facebook is good there. I, I like no. the idea for natural disasters. We've talked yeah. about it before with the first generation of this drone, which apparently crashed and burned. Oopsie. So, <laughs> which is probably why Facebook didn't say that it worked until after it worked. Yes, that's why we <laughs> haven't heard anything about it since, folks. <laughs> it's alive. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's beaming down internet connectivity to um, third world countries, places that don't have internet, and places that are disaster torn. So you think about a hurricane going through or tsunami where infrastructure is damaged or destroyed. Mm-hmm. Now they're able to get internet connectivity right. to That's emergency amazing. responders and, and individuals so they can let their families know that they're safe. Very good news. A U.S. judge has dismissed a lawsuit against Facebook accusing it of tra- tracking users' internet usage between April 22, 2010 and September 26, 2011, regardless if they've logged out of the network. U.S. District Judge Edward Davila on Friday, June 30th, stated that the plaintiffs didn't manage to prove that they had reasonable expectation of privacy or suffered realistic economic harm or loss. The plaintiffs alleged that Facebook leveraged like buttons found on other websites to track which sites they visited, which essentially meant that the world's largest social media network could create a detailed documentation of their online activity and browsing history. This, argued the plaintiffs, broke federal and state privacy and wiretapping laws. It works this way. When you stumble upon an article that on the web that you'd like to share on Facebook, oftentimes there'd already be integrated buttons that you can click on to share the said article directly to various channels, including Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and more. 
When a user visits a site with a specific type of like button, the browser sends information to two places, to Facebook and the server where the page is stored. The lawsuit adds that Facebook had promised that cookies are deleted when a user logs out. However, the site continues to receive the information until a researcher spilled the beans on Facebook's behavior in 2011. The judge said that the plaintiffs could have gone out of their way to keep their online activity private either by using incognito mode on their preferred browser or by using an opt-out tool by the Digital Advertising Alliance. But in the end, the judge said they failed to prove that the social media network illegally intercepted or eavesdropped on their interactions. Buyer beware. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you here. Don't forget, our forum is up and running at forum.category5.tv. We'd love to have you check in over there and become a part of our community. Of course, we also have a live chat room during the show and all through the week. If you head on over to our website, category5.tv, you will find ways to interact with us on the Interact menu. Excellent. Ooh. It's not just a clever name. You can actually... Interact. Interact with it. A lot of questions, comments come in onto our website. Uh, the forum is a new way to post your questions and comments. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, what do we have uh, this week as far as that goes? All right. I have one from Peter. Peter wrote us to ask, I wonder if you've ever looked at different sizes of audio files when in various file formats. I know some formats are lossy, but a one-hour stereo 16 bits file would be over 600 megabytes for a... Is it called a WAV file? WAV? Yeah. Yep. But only... 114 megabytes for WMA, 93.9 megabytes for FLAC, yep, yep. 83.3 megabytes for... That's really impressive for FLAC to be that for, small. Yeah, I know, right? Yes, for ACC and 54.9... AAC. AAC, sorry. Oh, AC, sorry. ACC. Okay. AAC and 54.9 megabytes for MP3. So we're comparing different file formats for audio and thinking about the size that the yeah. file becomes. Okay. The best audio format still seems to be MP3, even though it's not technically supported anymore. All of these formats are supported by my wife Mary's 8-gigabyte MP3 player, so I'm just curious what would be the best format to use to fit a ton of audiobooks on it. Any suggestions? Oh, okay. Yeah, MP3 is probably the most widely supported as far as devices go. And I, yeah. I use MP3 because I yeah. can just drag and drop it onto anything and it plays. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, if you start go, going into like AAC even, uh, WM, uh, WMA is it? Yeah. yeah. The Windows Media Audio. It's a proprietary codec for Windows Media. so It, um, it won't work on all devices. It won't play on all devices. Some may have paid for the uh, mm. patents or whatever they are yeah. to, to be able to use them. Well, that's the thing. With MP3 and WAV, they're very open. And the thing is, when you compare mm -hmm. the two, MP3 is the compressed format. Yeah. Right. So you're going to be saving a lot more space when it comes to that, as you can as sure. you saw in that analysis, right? Right. So we have to look at it this way. So WAV is lossless. So this is what lossless means. It, it is 
raw audio, it sounds like it sounds, and mm-hmm. there's no loss to the sound. That's why it's called lossless. Uh, lossy means MP3 takes that and removes the stuff that isn't necessarily needed, stuff that's outside of the uh, the audible spectrum. Uh, so things in the you know 24,000 hertz, it's going to remove those things because the human ear can't hear it anyway. So why bloat the file with it? Yeah. Um, so it it does that and then it compresses and you can lose quality. So what it comes down to then, Peter, is figuring out what your ears are capable of hearing. And we know that we're like 20 to 20,000 hertz. Mm-hmm. We know that um, the human voice is much, much different than that. We might be, uh, what do you think, about 70 to 14,000 hertz? Yeah, not maybe. Even. So, well, so there, this knowing the spectrum, mm-hmm. we can save some space. Well, I, I, I would honestly just say stay with MP3 uh, this time sure. because file the, format. That's the container. Yeah, I know. That's the thing because when when you say it's unsupported or whatever, it's mm-hmm. it's still supported. It's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. was it the patent or something that finally came up? Or? It's like the uh, the creators of it have said, you know what? It's we're not we're not gonna. New. It's not gonna be. We're not going to continue supporting it. We're not going to continue developing it. Um, It's like Windows, I don't know, Windows... AVI. Yeah, something like that. AVI containers, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So MP3 is a container. Mm -hmm. It's the file format, but what happens within it, and it is the codec as well, um, so it's MPEG layer 3. So Mm -hmm. a file container, so that's the .mp3 or .wmv or .wma, that's the container, and then the codec is what's inside of that to actually play. Mm -hmm. So when we understand the relation of those two things, so MP3 being a compressed format, we can compress it at all kinds of levels using a variety of different styles of MP3. Like, Mm -hmm. do we want to use CBR you may have heard of? Constant bitrate. Variable bitrate is um, saying... Hey, I know that it's. I want it to sound about this good, mm-hmm. but then when the drums start kicking in, I yeah, want it, I want, I want it. it to step <laughs> up a little bit because there's so much more stuff happening that mm-hmm. we need more data in that moment. Yeah. But then when it goes down to a hush, all of a sudden we can drop down. So variable bitrate says, "Oh, I can save some space here because they're whispering, and mm-hmm. there's nothing going on." So variable bitrate will save you a lot of space while still maintaining overall okay. uh, audio quality. Could we do some demonstrating of how this kind of works? Yes. A couple other things to, to remember. If you have, so generally speaking, a good quality, like CD quality sound file is going to be, what, 44.1 kilohertz, mm-hmm. and that's CD. Uh, so that's the frequency response or the frequency of the file itself, okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of numbers to throw out there, but there's a difference between frequency and bit rate. 44.1 kilohertz is CD quality. 48 is better than CD quality. 16 is way worse. Okay, mm-hmm. like telephone quality. So bit rate, on the other hand, is how many bits of data per second are we going to have happening? So you've seen like a 44.1 kilohertz file with 128 kilobits per second bit rate. Mm-hmm. So that's like close to CD. 192 would probably be closer to CD quality. And you can go as high as like 320 in the CBR spectrum. So, so then there's another thing that affects your file size. I'm throwing a lot of data out there. Is it stereo or mono mono audio? Mm. So if you put on a pair of headphones and you're listening to music, you hear all the stuff going on around. If you're listening to audiobooks like Mary is, uh, and they have music, and it's all around, and there's things happening over there, and if you close your your eyes or or whatever, you can hear things all around. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's stereo sound. 
uh, if it's recorded in binaural audio, so it's 3D, 360 audio, mm-hmm. that's stereo sound. So you have to use stereo sound if you want that effect. That would be the best way to listen to an audiobook. Could you yeah, imagine if cool. you were just like your eyes were closed and you were just <laughs> sitting on the couch oh, yeah. and you, hear and you were like in up behind you? The, yeah, like, it's like you're in the book, like you're in the yeah. movie and you can hear them talking like... AS- oh. ASMR all the way. Oh my oh. gosh. Kind of Whispering ASMR in your ear. Is that? Oh, oh, he's rubbing my earlobe. <laughs> the Ferengis go crazy. Um, uh, so <laughs> if it's a stereo file in that it has to be both sides and it's surrounding you, yeah. then that's going to use twice as much data for the same amount of quality. Mm-hmm. So we know then that if, if it's just someone talking, it's mm-hmm. an audio book, they're speaking into a microphone, they're reading to you, then it's probably doable in mono because it's the same thing on both sides and they're Mm -hmm. just talking to you and so we can get away with mono so now that we can make it a mono file we can actually reduce the quality exactly in half in mono and it's going to be the same audio quality perceptively as the stereo file with uh, twice the quality Mm -hmm. so that means twice the file size Okay. If it's 100 megs in stereo, we can cut everything in half and make it mono. It will sound the same to yeah. us, but it will only be 50 megs. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's what I mean by this. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump over to my laptop. My wife, Becca, is an author, and Category 5 uh, TV Network is, uh, we're actually launching a series of audiobooks. Ooh. So, Mary, you may enjoy these. Um, they are coming soon. We're working on our first non-seasonal audiobooks, and then we have one at Halloween, and we have one uh, book for Christmas as well. Spoopy. Mm-hmm. So I've got a couple here. And if I click on one, this is a stereophonic file. Category 5.tv. Windows along the left side of the room, suffusing the contours of ancient equipment and myriad trash, along with tables and conveyor belts whose surfaces had collected dirt, dead insects, and chunks of machine. But Becca's voice is dead center. Mm -hmm. So with an audiobook like this, it's produced, it's got music, it's got sound effects, things happen all around you. In stereo, you're going to get a better effect, but if we want to really cram enough files onto that mp3 player we can go with mono and we do do just fine Mm -hmm. so peter let's look at how we can actually do that uh i'm here on uh, debian 9 and this will be the same on any linux distribution so i'm going to go uh on mine it's going to be su to become root on yours if it's if it's uh ubuntu it might be sudo su uh but now what i want to do is apt-get update what (laughs) update I'm going to install a quick little program here. apt-get install. Oh, is it looking... Uh, my machine is... Whoa. Hello. <laughs> my, machine, my machine is looking on the CD. I wonder if it will work. apt-get install uh, lame. is what. It's actually awesome. It's don't let it... Don't let it... <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Lame. It's actually awesome. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to just quickly add um, sources because my, my system was installed from Flash and I haven't ever... There we go. I'm going to remove the CD-ROM repository. Okay. apt-get update or apt-update. Okay. apt-install-lame. No. Which repositories? Sorry, you don't you don't need to worry about this aspect, Peter. This is just me. That stretch updates. I need a couple other. I may need to plug in my just to make it happen quick. 
Come on, where's lame located? Okay, I've got my flash drive here. I apologize. Should have tested <laughs> this. This is this is one of those things where it's like, okay, well, well we don't ever know what's going to happen. Well, if something happens now, they know how to handle it. Just yes. do it the Robbie way. <laughs> Have that flash drive and just plug in the flash drive. Okay, Has everything you need. Oh, am I not going to be able to get lame? That is so lame. He said it a second time. I know. Firefox. In the meantime, Debian, Debian nine sources dot list. Let's see if I can get a proper sources list here. Because mine is missing a bunch of stuff. Um, sudo apt purge nano, the first thing I type on a new system. <laughs> what? No. Nano's a great editor. Come on now. <laughs> okay. Peter, I apologize, and viewers at home. I'm, I'm just grabbing some... Okay, here, here are some source lists. I don't have a good source list because I, I installed from... Uh, uh, from the uh, optical media. So I'm just going to grab the demo from the Debian site with the non-free components. Don't there forget we map. Go. This is London. Apt get update. Now we're getting it from the web. There we go. That's where it was supposed to start, folks. The interwebs. So, Peter, if uh, so, now I've done the apt get update. It's just going to grab my current uh, repositories. Fantastic. And then we're going to install the application called Lame. Lame. It's so lame. Apt get install Lame. There it goes. <laughs> For, there are so many things in this world that are lame. Lame is <laughs> not one not. of them. It's actually. Awesome. What is it? It's an MP3 decoder encoder for Linux, whatever. You can install it and do anything you want with these MP3 files. Okay, so I'm going to jump on my desktop and then into the audiobooks folder. I've got those two MP3 files there. And if I look at them, uh, the one I'm looking at is Garen, and it is 27 megabytes. So what I want you to do is, uh, first of all, you'll notice if you do lame dash dash help, there isn't a lot of information there. So instead, I want you to learn to go man lame. Man, that's lame. <laughs> man lame. Bruh. <laughs> all right. So here's our manual. So first off, we've got options. Okay. So this is what we're looking for. But these are the input options. Lame is going to recognize an MP3 file as an MP3 file, so I don't mm -hmm. need to worry about any of the input options. Okay. Just leave them be, and you're fine. So let's get down to our actual encoding. Here we go. Operational options. So this is where I would take a pen. May I borrow your pen? Yes, you may. Thank you. So I'm going to look at this, and I'm going to say, okay, mode. I know this is an audiobook, Peter, so I want to do mono. So for mode, we do dash M. And then for mono, we do, scroll down just a little ways here. See that? Mono is M. So my actual command is going to be dash M space M for hmm. mono. So it's going to change the mode to mono. Now let's continue on in the man pages and see what else we need. Hmm. Dash A is for if you are using a PCM uh, source. Don't worry about it uh, because your source is MP3. Dash D allows the left and right channels to use different block size types. Not applicable. Free format decode. We don't need any of that. 
Keep going, keep going. Replay gain, you probably don't need that, but that is just a, a way of telling your MP3 player if it's compatible with MP3 gain that you know these are the maximum and minimum levels and it will try to equalize them for you. But cool. the audio should be all right. Keep skipping, keep skipping. And what else do we need? Dash Q for quality. Okay, so dash Q. We want to set our quality to something that's going to be pretty good. Um, and uh, looking at this, dash Q0 is nuts. Dash Q0 says the quality of this encoder is so darn good that it's probably ridiculous. It doesn't affect the file size. All it does is it just takes more time. Hmm. So if you're working on a really, really big file, doing dash Q0 is going to be nuts as far as the time goes versus dash Q4. Uh, four would be faster, but a little less quality, whether it's perceptible or not. Hmm. Uh, but I have a fast computer, so I always do the... Uh, I don't mind waiting for it, so I'll do dash Q0. Next up, dash H simply adds some high-quality comp- uh, improvements to the lame encoder. Why would I not do that? Because you want something fast. If you want something fast, don't do all the high-quality stuff because it takes more time. If you don't mind waiting, hey, do dash H. You see that? Use some quality improvements. Encoding will be slower, but the result will be of higher quality. doesn't affect um, the file size. Okay, so do we want constant bitrate, which is dash, uh, the CBR? No, we want to go, we talked about it. We don't want ABR either. That's the average bitrate. We want VBR, the variable bitrate. I've already described what that does. So we're going to use the new uh, variable bitrate. So we're going to go dash dash VBR dash new. You see that on your screen? And then our VBR um, quality, that's right here, our variable bitrate and uh, dash V, and then the number is the actual quality of our VBR file. Hmm. Zero being the highest quality, nine being the worst quality. Figure that one out. Huh. Probably stay. compression yeah. ratio. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to, you know what? I'm going to leave uh, dash V as is. So the default is four. I'm happy with that. If I go any uh, lower than that, it will be a larger file. If I go higher, I'm going to lose quality. So our bit rate th- with a lowercase b, that is um, the, um, that is the, is it this? No, that's the bit rate. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of the where we're averaging things. So dash B, I know that it's speech. We talked about how um, if we're doing mono, we can cut things in half. So we know that this is 192 or 128 uh, mm-hmm. kilobits per second. Mm-hmm. If I cut that in half, it's going to sound exactly the same. It's because mono. it's mono. Okay. Yeah, so we can go as low as 64 without affecting the sound quality. Nice. It's going to be half the file size. Um, so let's try that. Let's go dash B. That's a lowercase b. 64. I'm jotting this down so that we get the full commands. Uppercase B, that's, um, that's the maximum allowed bit rate. Why would you want to do that? Because you really want control over the file size. So I'm going to say, you know, I want the, mini- the, uh, the uh, minimum to be, I set it to 64. I'm going to explain in a second why we're going to actually go lower than that. Mm-hmm. But I want the maximum to be 96, say, for example, so that the file size is controlled. So... What variable bitrate encoding does is it looks at the file, Peter, and it says, okay, we're, we're, right now, if we had this bitrate, we're going to have good quality, uh, and it's going to fluctuate between the minimum and maximums that you have set. So, again, if we're whispering, if we're talking like this, there's no drums, okay. there's no keyboards, there's nothing, we could drop down to 8 kilobits per second, and it'll still sound fantastic because it's just my voice. Okay. Okay? 
Audiobooks, very, very common. So the lowercase b, I'm going to say, no, we're not going to go with 64. I'm going to go down to 8. <laughs> 8. And our maximum, let's go up to, so that's a capital B, dash capital B. And I'm going to post all of this in the show notes below. So make sure you check out our website, category5.tv. Or if you're on YouTube, you'll see that in the notes. Capital B, we are going to go with a higher bit rate than that. We're going to go with 96. I'm going to say that is the absolute maximum that I want to hit as far as my variable bit rate goes. And that's it. That's all that I need. So I've got dash MM. We know what it means. Convert it to mono. Dash Q0, really good quality at the behest of speed. And then we've got dash H for high quality stuff. VBR new is the so dash dash VBR dash new is the uh, the type of encoding we're going to use dash B lowercase is eight that's the lowest bit rate and the highest is ninety six capital B dash ninety six let's do it okay so my files take Garen and we're going to go lame and I'm going to start with my command so dash mm mono dash q zero good quality dash h high quality encoders dash dash VBR dash new that's our, our actual format. It's going to be variable bitrate using the new algorithms. Dash B with a lowercase b is 8. That's the lowest I want to go is 8 kilobits per second. And then the highest, dash capital B, is 96. Input file, Garen. And then output file, myoutput.mp3. Enter. Boom. There it goes. Now this is taking an entire audio... Uh, book, which is uh, a short story, so it's not overly long. Uh, mm -hmm. But let's see how long this takes us. There it goes. What do you think we're going to... Notice it's mono. Ooh, there we go. All done. LS-LAH. My output is 14 megs. Mm -hmm. Garen, the original audiobook, was 27 megs. Let's give a quick audio sample just to see. And this is how you're going to do this, Peter, is you're going to try all different kind of bit rates, try all different kinds of settings, mm -hmm. and find out which one is going to work for the audiobooks, and then convert them all to this format to save a lot of space. You can see that already we're saving a ton of space. If I do a media info on Garen by Becca Ferguson, the original... Oh, I don't have media info installed. That's a helpful tool when you're doing this. Install media info and then run that command again. This tells us all about the codecs and bit rates and file size and all that kind of stuff. So it shows us this original file uh, was constant bit rate 192 kilobits per second and um, lossy, does it say if it was stereo? Or, yeah, joint stereo. There you go. So now if I look at my new one, media info, my output, you'll see this one now is variable bit rate overall bit rate is 84.2 kilobits per second and we should see that uh, let's see format version layer 3 lossy do we see that it is in mono at all I'm looking for it I'm looking for it someone probably spots it hmm. I don't see it do you guys see it oh no. can't. they've done it differently channels one channel that's the same as saying mono. Okay, so let's give it an audio listen. Here's the original. So this is full quality, okay. uh, quite a bit larger. Category 5.tv presents a short story by Becca Ferguson. Okay, so that's the original. Now let's jump on to my, my new version. 
Category5.tv presents a short story by Becca Ferguson. Okay. So mm-hmm. you hear how entirely acceptable, and yet, original file, 27 megs, new file, 14. Very like cool. That. Just like magic. We've kept the sound quality pretty close to the same. Now we're using ver- variable bit rate, so it's finding that kind of fluctuating between different bit rates in order to get good sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, we're getting similar quality, but in mono, and cutting the file size in half. You can really play around with that. Take that command, Peter, and anyone else watching this and thinking, hey, this is kind of neat, and say, okay, now let's say my lowest is 8 and my highest is 32, and try that. Because you can keep experimenting and say, what, what kind of difference is that going to make? So now the highest bit rate it can touch mm-hmm. is 32. Right. That's nutty Spooky. low. <laughs> but we're mono now, so that's actually the equivalent of 64 kilobits per second, mm-hmm. which is half of 128, which is CD quality. Right. So it should Sneaky. be quite bearable. Let's look at the file size <coughs> difference. Bless you. Thank you. This file now is only 7.4 megabytes. Original file. Category 5.tv presents a short story by Becca Ferguson. Okay. New file. This is the super, tu- super duper tiny one. 7.7 megs. Category 5.tv presents a short story by Becca Ferguson. You hear what happened there? Yeah. We start to hear a little bit of tinniness. So you yeah. experiment with those, take it up to 64 instead of 96, and play around and get the sound that you're looking for. But you can see how you can fluctuate the sound, improve the quality as you make changes to those numbers. Cool. So thanks for the question. I hope that that's helped you out. Uh, nice thing about Lame is because it is a Bash uh, terminal application, you can code it into scripts. You can add it to servers. You can do all kinds of stuff. We use it here at the show for our MP3 RSS feeds. So when you download an MP3 for our podcasts on any of our shows, it's all created using Lame uh, through a script that runs on a cron job. Right. Done and cool. done. <laughs> there you have it. Well, this is Category 5 Technology TV. I hope you've enjoyed the show tonight. It's been really, really nice having you here. Thanks to Henry for all the work that you did. Oh, so much work. At VRTO <laughs> and Sasha, great to have you here. Thanks for everything. And I thank you for being here and look forward to chatting with you in the forum at forum.category5.tv and through our website, which is simply category5.tv. See you next Wednesday night. Good night. Bye.